Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Talk Recorded live. And welcome to episode... 351 of the Michigan Sports Truth Postgame Edition on Talk Show. Taylor Phillips, along with the co-host of the show, after further review on WXUT 88.3 FM in Toledo, Frank Basner, also another co-host of mine and a contributor to the Detroit Sports Rag. Frank Basner, how's it going tonight? Uh, going pretty well. Nice to be back on. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep, just, just an eight-day hiatus after being on Spreaker the last episode. Uh, Louis Tenor, our national sports reporter, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fine, Taylor. Uh, welcome back, Frank. Uh, good to be back, especially with as busy as I've been lately. Yes. Mm-hmm. Follow, follow me on Twitter at DT2Phillips and follow Frank Vashner at Frank underscore Vashner. Like and share the Michigan Sports Truth Facebook page and join its Facebook group. Red Wings uh, get exposed. Jonathan Erickson turns the puck over. They lose 3-2 to two in regulation to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who, who the hell else, huh? Jonathan yeah, Erickson believe- uh, turned the damn puck over, and uh, they, the Lightning go up 3-2, to two and the Red Wings don't even respond. That, their power play continues to be shit. So does, so does Jonathan Erickson. And that reminds us of of that urinating tree video, the Detroit Red Wings decline and fall of an empire on YouTube, how Steve Eisman left Detroit and joined the Lightning to become their gen- their general manager. They jumped the shark. Ken Holland refused to move to the president, the, the team president position and stay GM. There were no positions left. But Mike Illich offered Steve Eisman the GM job and and uh, try to move Holland to the president job, and that and Steve Eisman took took uh, a whole bunch of guys that are that, that were actually better than this Red Wings team that Ken Holland has tried to hold on to for years, and, and the Lightning keep being the Red Wings almost every time, like tonight, three to two. The final score at Little Caesars Arena. The Red Wings go to Toronto Wednesday night, and and I'm pretty sure they're going to get spanked by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Their former head coach Mike Babcock, but uh, Frank. Uh, well, well, I do want I do want to make mention. I believe I've heard uh, Ken Cal and Paul Woods say this on the radio. This was the eighth consecutive time that the Lightning have beaten the Red Wings and I've actually got the box score in front of me. This is actually the first time the Red Wings have outshot an opponent all season. Uh, 31 to 26 and shots on goal tonight. And also, yeah, yeah, because every other time they were getting outshot and this time they flipped the script in that area. 
And they were also ahead in face-offs, winning just a shade under 57% of face-offs, which they had been actually, I think this might be the first or second time where they've actually had the advantage in the face-off circle. But you mentioned their power play was shit tonight. 0 for 6 with a man advantage. That's inexcusable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I mean we've got. I mean we've gotten used to seeing that for how many years now? I mean, I'm not to beat a dead horse, but I mean this has been an ongoing problem. I think ever since uh, the days where Tom Rennie was running our power play, and it was a complete dumpster fire. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it continues so, to be that way throughout the whole season, too. Yeah, and the, then I believe after, I think it was after Rennie, I want to say that uh, it was not not Granado. Uh, who who the who the hell was our who was the hell was running our power play uh, the year last year of Babcock's tenure? It wasn't Granado. It was uh, I think it was Brewer. No, not Brewer. Um, shit. Uh, I think it was Jim Hiller. I think it was. Mm-hmm. It was actually somewhat better, but I think Granado had some input because I think that's when they started going the one-three-one power play that the Penguins had ran because that's where Granado came from. Then it was actually somewhat better, and then when Firstweiler took over and. It went to shit and never even picked up that even after we brought Torchetti in. So, I mean, that's that's really no surprise. And you mentioned Jonathan Erickson turning it over. I mean, what what else is new there? I mean, the guy the guy's grossly overpaid, and I believe I saw a Twitter poll from from our from our good friend Jeff Moss of the Detroit Sports Rag, who you can follow at Jeff Moss DSR on Twitter after his Twitter suspension finally ended, nonetheless, asked where Jonathan Erickson should be right now if Ken Holland wasn't in charge. I think most of the votes were on some farm team in Sweden. Yeah. Yeah, also got uh, information from Prashant Byer on Twitter contributor to Winging and Motown and one of the Red Wings writers for The Athletic, Detroit. And and I subscribe to The Athletic only for Prashant Dyer's articles. Yeah, same here as well as uh, Dom, I cannot pronounce this guy's last name. I think it's Lucizen. He used to do some work for the Hockey News. I love, I love his work too. So, I mean, those are the, those are the only two guys that are are, yeah, are the reasons why I pay for the athletic because they have their two of the best in the business. Mm-hmm. Well, of course. But they work their asses off and they continue, continue to, to do so, but uh, yeah, they, both, both Iyer and Moss explain how Erickson has continued to be the, the Red Wings' biggest problem on the ice. The turnover machine, you can't block the puck. Costly turnovers. And that resulted in, in tonight's 3-2 loss tonight. And and that's that's the exposure when the Red Wings start 
playing good teams like Tampa Bay, Toronto, Washington, Pittsburgh later down the road. Nash- Nashville, they have they have to play one of those those great Western Conference teams too. They're no joke. And they're gonna get and the Red Wings are gonna get exposed and they're not gonna make the playoffs, period. <laughs> well, I've I've been in that camp too and I've had people coming at me saying and, you know, they're winning again. They're four and one. Well, I I said this in my latest NHL segment on AFR, which I'll post the show page. That it's not. It's kind of the same old song and dance. Last year they were six and two. Everybody was giving me shit for saying they were going to be bad. And then what happened after that? They proceeded to go down the tube and never recover. And it was kind of the same deal in 2015. They started 3-0. and Everyone was thinking, oh, this team might win the Atlantic Division. And they proceeded <laughs> to go down the tube, and the only reason they got into the playoffs was because, according to Jeff Moss, that Tuka Rask ended up getting diarrhea from eating bad buffalo wings at some restaurant in Boston, and the Bruins ended up losing badly on the last day of the regular season, and the Red Wings got in based on a tiebreaker. They backed in. Yeah, and they, yeah, cause they, they got in because they had more regulation overtime wins than the Bruins. But, of course, that that problem was only aided by Tuka Rask being sick on the final day. Uh-huh. Then in 2016, yeah, they, they backed in again. Well, that's what, that's what I was referring to. Uh, it was the 2016, and then, of course, the 14 and 15, they, they – I can't – I don't know if I can really say that they backed in because they finished with over 100 points that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm I'm not – I'm still not expecting them to do much. And in no, fact, I, I even in, – in fact, I – I had even I think I even said when I did my NHL previews that that Jeff Blaschel would not last the season as head coach because I think he's I think he'll end up being made the fall guy and end up getting fired mid season and of course when the season ends and they're in dead last in the division and in the NHL that Ken Holland will not have his contract renewed, and then we can begin the process of wiping the slate clean. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, in 2017, their, their, their irrelevant playoff streak finally ended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2018? We expect either the same or even worse. Whichever. So uh, that that that's pretty much all the Red Wings we need we need to cover. That's we we've covered all the ground we need to co- cover on the ice. Um, got an update um, on Lions wide receiver Golden Tate. He will likely miss a few weeks with a shoulder injury. And I heard you quote a tweet that said Brad Ausmus may be the favorite to become to become the Red Sox next manager and Red Sox oh, fans Oh dear. 
God help oh, all of my God help any of my friends who are Red Sox fans. I think I I meant I said this to Tony Paul of the Detroit News on Twitter that it would be way worse of a clown show than when Bobby Valentine was around and there were oh. people who disagreed with that and I said, uh you just watch. I mean, I don't think it'll be like when it was Francona's last year and they had chicken and beer in the clubhouse during games, but it's it's going to be a complete clusterfuck. Of course. Uh-huh. Is it me, though, or is that... It just feels weird that someone who's involved in hockey would become a baseball manager, especially for the Red Sox. Well, I, I don't know, but um, I I did I did recall he, hearing like like a week or two a week or two ago that uh, Ryan Schilling was a, on Twitter at Ryan Schilling, the host of the Schilling Report on the Team ninety two one FM, um, was uh, assuming that John Farrell would uh, come come to Detroit and be, become the Tigers' next next manager, but his name was not even being mentioned in that candidate list. So. You know, we don't, so we're not, we're definitely not uh, naming him as, as a candidate. Nobody nobody in the media is listing him as a, as a candidate, John Farrell, as, um, as a nominee to become the next manager for the Detroit Tigers. And, I mean, I haven't even heard his name mentioned anywhere else, too. I mean, the dude has got, the dude won a ring. World Series ring with the Red Sox in 2013. He got him, got him to the playoffs a couple more times after that. Won a couple of division titles. I mean, unless he, unless he's got some skeletons in his closet somewhere that we don't know about, I, I don't see why the why he's being treated as poison. Well, if if you listen to what Buck Gino said on, on our spree, last Spreaker podcast, uh, Freddie Gonzalez uh, may not be a good idea for the Tigers to hire as their next manager, and and he'll explain why in our now archived episode 286 of the Week in Review on Spreaker, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. It, it you have to we we want the smarter managers. To become manager, of course, of course, Manny Acta, Acoras, and Gabe Kapler. Yeah, yeah, those would be who I who I would consider as well. I mean, the only thing we do know is that none of the systems from the team that would be a Dave Clark, Omar Vizquel, they will. I guess they are not under consideration. So. Mhm. And so I guess it's just kind of more of wait and see on the Tigers front. Yeah, and then the got got the Pistons uh, c- coming up, regular season coming up Wednesday at home against the Charlotte Hornets. Um, we don't expect anything to improve except for uh, Andre Drummond's free throw shooting. Uh, it's 16 for 20. Finishing out the preseason, man, that's 
his science is, his, uh, the curing of a sinus infection may, may, may have seemed to help, to be honest with you. That well, well, only time will tell there. I mean, if, I mean, it's good to see that his limited preseason action that he's looked somewhat better at shooting free throws, but that's only going to matter if it carries over. I mean, if he can, I mean, 16 out of 20s and believe if my math is correct, that's an 80% clip. I mean, there's no way he's going to be shooting 80% from the stripe of the season. But if he's shooting, I think last season he was shooting in the 30s, I believe. So if he gets it, I mean, if he can bump it up into the 50s or 60s, I mean, I mean that's significant improvement if you ask me. Yeah, and and uh, you know, the, this and that 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 may carry, yeah, that that may carry over to the regular season. Like I, like I pointed out hundreds of times, preseason may not count, but it still matters. It and it can carry over. This is this is actually a positive for Andre Drummond, and I seem to be uh, applauding Andre Drummond a little bit ahead of time. But uh, 16 for 20 doesn't seem too bad, 80%. Not to be compared with his poor free throw shooting years before. So Tuesday, there's nothing going going on involving our Red Wings and Pistons. Lions have their bye week next week. Um, but what, what was your what are your thoughts about the Lions uh, getting blown out in the first three quarters, or first two and two and change uh, thirty five minutes, the first thirty five minutes of the game, and then they come back within a touchdown, all the way back within a touchdown, then then choke it in the end by giving up a pick six in the end zone. I mean, honestly, I kind of thought it was stupid that they left Stafford in because at that point you had to know that Aaron Rodgers' season is probably over and this is probably the best chance you're going to have it winning the division. So I think you'd say, you know what, We'll we'll take the loss. Matt, go sit on the bench grab your tablet, play Star Wars, do whatever the hell you want. But just use the time, heal up, be ready for the Steelers, and then we'll take care of business the rest of the way out. But they left. They had to leave him in and call the and say, oh, we got to leave him. He didn't play until the clock hits zeros because we had a chance. Well, I mean, granted, the Saints did try to give it away, obviously, with the – two-yard pick six by Ashard Robinson and Jamal Agnew taking a punt back to the hizzy, but, of course, Jamal Agnew giveth, Jamal Agnew taketh away, and then, of course, Stafford throws another deflected pass that gets picked in the end zone, and that was ball yeah, game. That, that was a big mistake right there that, that led to the choke job. You can't drop the fucking football. you got to catch the fucking thing. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, fair, at least fair catch it at the ten yard line or let it go. It could have been a oh, into the end zone. 
Yeah, I mean, you let it go in the end zone, you're starting at your 20-yard line and go 80 yards. But, you know, oh, the good thing is at least the bye, at least the bye week's coming up, so hopefully Stafford will heal up. But, I mean, you mentioned that uh, Golden Tate was likely going to be gone for a few weeks due to a shoulder injury. And there's, it's hard telling if Kenny Galladay is going to be back. So if both those are guys are out there, and there's really, then there's really going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And and also, I think you guys been uh, paying attention to this Miguel Cabrera pending lawsuit. I guess it's a paternity lawsuit with some lady. But I, because I ended up finding the tweet that Jeff Moss had dug up from Spiro that said, Spiro said he talked to the the mother of one of Miguel Cabrera's kids. It wasn't his wife. It said that something about how Miguel Cabrera liked to use cocaine or something like that. I believe I, I shared it to our, uh, Group chat. Yeah, and that leads me to uh, being to to uh, dig up that that last Miguel Cabrera story that Buck Gino Buck Gino and I talk talk about on Spreaker, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Uh, Miguel Cabrera is being sued by a Florida woman in a child support lawsuit. He could, if Cabrera loses, he may have to cough up a hundred thousand, over a hundred thousand dollars a month, and um, that that uh, had something to do with uh, him not paying enough money to take care of his uh, kids. Not paying enough to support the children he fathered with her. Her name is Belkis Mariella Rodriguez, age 35, in Orlando, suing Cabrera in Florida in August of this year after the time, after Cabrera allegedly slashed child support payments, a move that coincided with the Tigers' veteran helping her buy a nearly $1 million home earlier this year. Cabrera is one of the world's wealthiest wealthiest athletes, earning more than $30 million a year, but is fighting over how, over how much money the children should receive. And that's why Dave Dombrowski signed, contract, signed him to a very long 10-year, very expensive contract, which Cabrera actually needed for all for all that home and child stuff, the child support thing. That that's the that's the point. I I can uh, I can figure that out off the top of my head. If you think about this, Cabrera is in desperate need to uh, to keep up with with all the uh, the expenses, all the child support expenses. But, but uh, for some reason, Cabrera might not have had, 
had any other choice but to slash those child support payments. But um, he ended up getting sued by his ex-wife. And that leads to all this hoopla here that we have to read. The case remains public record, and in it, Rodriguez, a one-time pharmacist intern, claims she makes less than $2,000 a month running Lake Eola Florist, a four-star shop based on 26 Google reviews and a 3.5-star based on five Yelp reviews. On business documentation, she goes by Mariella Rodriguez. Mariella Rodriguez. Wow. This this is just a lot of information here that that uh, that that you should read. And, and uh, I'm going to share that to you. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean this whole, this whole thing is going to. It's going to be something to watch in the coming weeks and even after that, especially, I think especially with what Spiro has said, and now that's come to light, so who who knows knows what's going to happen there. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's Pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Frank. Uh, thank, thanks very much for uh, talking yep. with me. I'll, I'll let you get some rest. You gotta get up early. Uh, great, yep, great yep. breaking down this. Great breaking down the Red Wings tonight. They got exposed, like I said before. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. We'll talk again soon. <laughs> Absolutely. So, with that being said, it's now time to pass it on to Lewis Tenor for his national sports report. King Lily, Captain Jenks, take it away. You got it. All right, before I get into tonight's scores, I'd like to go over some of last night's scores of MMA. As we had a doozy last night with the Dodgers and the Cubs, as the Dodgers pulled out 4-1, to one, uh, Jansen was the winner and Dunzing was the loser, and Turner belted a game-winning three-run homer in the bottom of the ninth. The last... Dodgers that in the playoffs was none other than Kurt Gibson. And somewhere up there, I think, um, Jack Buck is saying, I don't believe what I just saw. Oh, boy. I had to do it. So, anyway, now on to that. And right now, the Yankees are still shutting out Houston 8 to nothing, but there's runners on first and second and nobody out. Um, Maybin is batting. And Kay Cahill is pitching, so right now it doesn't look it doesn't look like it's gonna be uh oh, now his base is loaded. Oh boy. Now here's the interesting thing. Astros have not named a game for starter. Earlier today, manager AJ Hinch said that it looked a possibility to be Dallas Kirchnell, who could be one of them. Kirchnell never pitched on three days rest in his career, but starting in game four would also have him in the lamp for a possible game seven. Okay, well, we'll just have to wait and see about that. 
Uh, last night in the NFL, Giants, well, guess what? They finally got a win as they beat the Broncos 23-10. Trevor Seaman had 376 passing yards, one touchdown. Orleans, Darkova, 117 rushing yards and 21 carries. And Demetrius Thomas had 133 receiving yards. His first name was Orleans. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, right now, uh, Tennessee is leading uh, the Colts 29-22, 2.19 to go in the fourth quarter. And the Colts are challenging a ruling on the field to see if the ball is just short of the goal line. So uh, stick, stick around with that. All right, uh, hockey, well, we saw uh, Tampa beat the Red Wings 3-2. to Tampa is now 5-1, and one, and Detroit is now 4-2. and two. And all the other ones stay the same, but we do have some hockey scores from last night that uh, we didn't get a chance to cover. So I'll give you two like this as we go from last night's games. We covered one game from last night early. Now we'll do the final two. It was the Sabres over the Ducks, 3-1. to one. Johnson made 25 saves. Nuggets beat the, Knights beat the Bruins 3-1. to one. Very impressed with the Knights so far in their rookie season. <laughs> uh, and the Kings edged the Islanders 3-2. to 3-2. So now we'll go to the... Um, no, I'll go to the standings because everybody else is still the same. NBA tomorrow night. Well, we have the we have the season opener. Boston will face Cleveland, and Houston will take on Golden State. Uh, there is no official word if LeBron James is going to play tomorrow night. The jury is the jury is still out on that. I'll explain in the report uh, coming up. And now we'll go now we'll go to the news of the day. And yeah, this is a pretty good list here. First up, Richard Jefferson reaches a one-year $2.3 million deal with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, that was reached today. As a result, they plan to waive guard Jamer Nelson. And moving on, moving on down the line, he goes like this. Old Miss official, official and former coach Houston Nutt. I'm not making up. That is his name. I'm not making that up. <laughs> oh, Wow. Uh, reaches a settlement to dismiss a lawsuit by the school today. Nutt had filed a lawsuit in July uh, against the Athletics Foundation and the Board of Trustees, alleging that Coach Hugh Freeze, Athletic Director Ross Bjork, as well as other officials, violated a separation agreement with Nutt making uh, with Nutt. Uh, comments were made about him during off-the-record conversations with reporters. That is his name, Houston Nutt. What a name. Wow. Okay, continuing on. And here's what I'm saying here. J.R. Smith believes that LeBron will play in the opener against the Celtics, despite Tyron Lue saying that he was doubtful as he went through a walkthrough with shooting drills today. Lue went on to say that he is preparing for tomorrow's game as if LeBron was playing. But if LeBron is not able to play... J.R. Smith will gladly take his place. You know, I'm saying that he is going to play. Call me nuts, but I think um, that 
LeBron wasn't really injured in the game, in the preseason game anyway, so I think he's going to be in uniform tomorrow night. NFL players request, by request for a restraining order, and yet again, will put Ezekiel Elliott's six-game suspension on hold. What else is new? That's a source told by ESPN's Josina Anderson, as expected to be argued tomorrow in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York. This move comes as the Cowboys came up a bye week and prepared and prepared to return before next week's game against the 49ers. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers will have surgery on his collarbone. That, according to coach Mike McCarthy, the team will not make a decision on Rodgers until the procedure is done. So for now, he remains on the roster. Brent Hundley takes over. If you want my opinion, he's done for the year. I don't I don't see him um, playing this year at all. Collarbone injury? Hmm. That's a very that's a very serious injury, and uh, I don't I don't see how he's going to come out of that this season. Oof. Gotta hurt though. A few more items I found up here. Uh, former 49ers linebacker Navarro Bowman has signed a one-year, three million dollar deal with the Raiders. Sources tell ESPN Bowman was released by the Raiders on Friday after seven seasons. Before the move, the Niners had agreed to trade him to the Saints for a draft selection in the seventh round. And it's over for Rick Pitino in Louisville as the athletic board unanimously voted to fire head coach Rick Pitino today, despite arguments from his lawyers. They said they knew nothing of the activities in the alleged investigation by the FBI. The university met for more than five hours today before making the decision. Pitino did not attend the meeting, but his lawyers submitted an affidavit on his behalf. So the coach's dispute that the coach disputes the board's right to fire him for just cause. Well, I'm not surprised by that at all. I mean, he's been through this twice before, but the third time, you just couldn't beat the rap. Oh, well. Um, in the way of the college basketball corruption scandal, schools are to prompt review of their programs. At stake is the future of a business that, over the span of 22 years, ending in 2032, will produce nearly $20 billion in TV money. Uh, the rest of the world calls it March Madness. <laughs> the NCAA distributes those billions of its dollars to its conferences and universities, and is, but that does not include the millions more surrounded by the big shoe companies who played a significant role in the success and the careers of some of the top players. More than 24 schools have responded to the news of the bribery scandal, conducting internal reviews of their compliance operations. Uh, 24, uh, the top schools, I should say. 84 schools overall, the top six conferences, were asked about the response of the arrest appended uh, appended today. College hoops just days before practices take place around the country of the coming season, because Midnight Madness is now, I think, a week away. Teddy Bridgewater has been cleared to practice with the Vikings 
after being out with a dislocated knee injury last season. Dr. Dan Cooper, an orthopedic specialist, performed on Bridgewater and can start practice as early as Wednesday. So we're looking. So uh, that's uh, looking looking good for that one. Steelers wide receiver Martavius Bryant has requested a trade. A source confirmed by ESPN, uh, Dan Gazzaro. Early indications are that the Steelers will not trade Bryant. That according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, the request was made uh, weeks ago. Bryant spoke to the Steelers coaches two weeks ago, asking to be more involved in the offense. Bryant has signed through the 2018 season. Jets are reportedly upset that a touchdown was called back. That could have tied the game. And I'm completely disgusted about this as well. It was called back. It tied the game. It became a fumble and a touchback following a replay review. Austin Jenkins scored a four-yard touchdown catch in the fourth quarter, or that's what it should have been called on the field. After review of the play, it was ruled that the ball was bobbled twice and did not establish full control of the ball until it was out of bounds in the end zone, resulting in a touchback. You had to wait till that happened? Give me a break. So anyway, um, the Cavaliers... Um, Cavaliers down plays tomorrow's opener versus the Celtics, saying it's just one game coming after a reports question if LeBron will play. And what Tyron Lue said, well, ask him. I'm still saying he is going to play. And Tennessee scores a touchdown. It's now 35-22, 47 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. Continuing on. All right. Uh, Detroit Lions, I don't know if I said this last night or not, but I'll repeat it again if I have to. Detroit Lions suffered a double whammy yesterday as safety Glover Quinn is being evaluated for a concussion and whiteout Golden Tate goes down with a shoulder injury. Wait for that. Lions coach Jim Colwell did not say if the injuries were long-term. Quinn was seen working out in the locker room as he was injured as he, and Golden Tate uh, packed up his belongings, and that was it. Like Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. And Tom Brady, career win number 187, a new record for quarterbacks. Just embarrassing. And right now, extra point is pending. And now 36-22, Tennessee, with 47 seconds to go. All right. Um, yeah, I think my notes are done here, but I'll just check the uh, baseball score here to see if we get anything else. Ah, it is a final now. It is eight to one Yankees over the Astros. Sabathia gets the win, and Morton got the loss. Game two. Yeah. Now it's three to one in favor of the Astros. Game two. Game four tomorrow at five o five. Well, five to one. Three to one. Two to one, right? Yep. Right in the dinner hour tomorrow. Yeah, great. Ah, well. All right. So uh, I think that wraps up my notes or anything. I'll just uh, turn it back over to you. All right. That's episode 351 of the Michigan Sports Truth Facebook or post game edition on Talk Show. 
the Michigan Sports Truth Postgame Edition on Talk Show. Uh, episode 352 will be on the air Wednesday night at 11. Till then, for Lois Tenor, I'm Taylor Phillips. Follow me on Twitter at DT2Phillips. Follow Frank Vagner at Frank underscore Vagner. Thanks, thanks to him for coming on. Like and share the Michigan Sports Truth Facebook page. And join its Facebook group, TTFN, Tata for now, all empathy. Good night. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.